Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. That song means, of course, we welcome to the program Eric Hasseltine, the Memphis Grizzlies radio network play-by-play host. You can hear all Grizzlies games right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Grizzlies host Detroit on Friday night. Pre-game at 6.30. Jessica Benson will have that. Eric will have the call starting at 7 o'clock. He joins us right now. Eric, four-game winning streak to you. What has been the most impressive aspect of it? Uh, my radio calls. Yes, great point. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. And I'll be honest with you. We switched phone systems today, which has been quite the adventure. Yes. You made it to the air no, with no snafus. So that's a big it's, win it's, for everyone. The radio gods know not to, yes. not to trifle with me. Correct. They know not to mess around. If they get out of line, then they know I'm coming up in the uh, in the booth with them and oh, we'll yeah. have a chat. So, um, No, in all seriousness, I, I kid because it's, it's a fun time and – people are enjoying this i think the most impressive thing has been next man up obviously jaw has been sensational when he's played um he was terrific in that matchup with Jaden ivy which you knew mattered to him because of their relationship because for those that aren't familiar which i'd be shocked how many aren't at this point uh jaw's individual workout coach his first couple years here was is Jaden's mother uh, was Jaden's mother, who's now coaching the women's team at Notre Dame, her alma mater in the LIV. So he's known Jaden since Jaden was a freshman, sophomore in high school, and they've had a relationship. They've had a long-standing friendship. They work out together. So watching him in that game was was very impressive. Um, you know, look, they've beaten teams they're supposed to beat. Let's be honest about it. They, they're not playing, you know, world beaters all the time, and and they played teams that they they have opportunities to get wins against. The Philadelphia game was a team that's good. They had Joel Embiid, but they were able to get in there defensively and take away uh, the rest of the team after Tobias Harris had that monster first quarter. So I think overall I would say the defense and the next man up because that game against Miami is not one that you would look at on paper and go, oh, yeah, this is going to be really good for this team. Rightfully and understandably so, they got some guys some rest. You were playing four games in six nights. Guys were a little bit banged up. But that shows the depth of this team and 
the skill set of the, of the coaching staff, the, the developmental staff. They get guys ready to go. It's amazing to me that when Tyus Jones starts, his numbers are as good as just about any starter in the NBA. He had 28 and 10 in that game against Miami, going against a tough, hard-nosed player that we know, albeit probably towards the tail end of his career, in in Kyle Lowry. But I think that's now the fifth or sixth start for Tyus, and I think in at least four of them, he's gone over 20 points. And in just about every one of them, I think he's gone seven assists or more. And he had 10 assists, one turnover. Then you see Kennedy Chandler step up, stick his nose in there, a guy that's not played a lot, fearless going to the basket and give you a boost off the bench. And I think Santi Aldama uh, in the last couple of ball games has really showed uh, some nice growth, especially going from the starting lineup to the reserve role. I mean, that guy has two different three-point shots in the last two games where he's basically caught the ball chest high or higher, not even moved it down, and just shot it from a standstill position. And I, when I say a switch, I mean neither one of them touched anything but the bottom of the net as it went through. And that's a tough thing to do. So um, the defense has picked up. This is about the time last year where we saw that happen. They've been much better. They held a team last night under their average. They didn't hold them under 100, which would have been a real accomplishment for a team that plays as fast as Oklahoma City does. And Miami plays slower, so that's you, you can lighten the load there. But when they go that many points below the average, that's kind of what I look at because the old stat from the mid-2000s to mid-2010s was – what do you? What, what's your record when you score 100? What's your record under 100? Well, now you're lucky if you hold seven or eight opponents in the first half of the season under 100. And what were the circumstances that night? So more like basically three out of every four games minimum, your opponent's going to score 100 because everybody's averaging that. So it's how far under their average did you hold them? And you look at last night, the team scoring 117, a game that's dropped 130-plus in I think two or three of their last five and they're having a hard time scoring the basketball. And on top of that, Dylan Brooks comes out, and, you know, Brevin Knight and I spoke after the game, and he said at first it was just kind of like we're going to have to body blow our way through this one. You're going to have to work the body like fighters will do and then look for the one shot. And I said, well, that shot came out with three overhand rights from Dylan Brooks right at the opening part of the third quarter, and they never looked back. And that's the maturity, I think, that this team's starting to develop. Do they still have some growing to do? Absolutely. Every team pretty much does. Uh, look at last night in the Utah-Golden State game. The, the Warriors, who are a championship team, gave away a game in the final 13 seconds. I was listening to it. It was wild. Um, and so everybody has those moments. But overall, for this team, I think if everybody would have looked at the start of the season, knowing where the injuries were, if you would have said, hey, you're also going to be missing these guys and you are literally never going to have a roster or rotation with your top five guys having started a game together for the entire first part of the season – uh, I think you'd look at 16 and 9 and go, yeah, yeah, we'll take that in a heartbeat. How much of the Grizzlies' improvement on that end? Because, you know, I think what when we were like about a month into the season, may, maybe, maybe a little bit less, the Grizzlies, I think, were 29th defensively. And now yeah. you take a look, and I think they're 9th in defense, maybe 10th in offense, maybe have it backwards, but they're top 10 in both. How yeah. much of it is just getting Jaron back? I think that's a huge factor because remember last year when they got him back and he played, what, 76 games last year or 78? I thought it was 78, yeah. I thought so, 78 too. I didn't want to – and I, I just didn't want to overestimate. Okay, so he plays 78 games last year. Well, the first handful of games, he's still getting accustomed to the rhythm of the game. He didn't play hardly at all the year before, right? 
I mean, he so, played 15 games when we talked about it. Like, remember, it was the weird first he's yeah. coming off the bench, then he's yeah. starting, then it was like playing more. The, like, it was such a, you know, it was an odd, you got it because, hey, they played so much without him, but it was an odd, yeah. you know, spot to be in the rotation, I assume, for him. So, on top of that, you have a new starting wing in Desmond Bain last year, and you've got Ja ready to take an uptick and a new starting center who Jaron hadn't been used to playing alongside. So as he got comfortable, look what happened last year. You're 9-10 and 10 after 19 games. You're dead last in, I mean, literally every category defensively that you can think of other than blocks and steals. You are dead last in field goal percentage. You're dead last in points allowed. You're dead last in efficiency. You're getting, you're getting picked apart. And from that point on, the next 63 games, they played well enough. They came together to move into the top five in every single category. That is a remarkable turnaround. That basically says in those 63 games there was nobody better in the league defensively than you. And what is this team hanging their hat on nationally? Jaw, the offense, the ball movement, the shooting, the attack of the rim, the scoring in the lane. Their defense was what propelled that. And that's what's been propelling this as of late as well. They've had nights where they look like they're chasing their tails. And I'm not sure if it's just getting personnel acclimated to this system for the first handful of games or they try things out. And those first 20 games are kind of their testing ground. They were better this first 20 games than they were last year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But right now they are really clicking on both ends of the floor. And Jaron is a huge factor. Why? Because, uh, you know, you look at what he does. If I'm a perimeter defender, And, you know, aside from Ben Simmons, who I would never press up on, if I know I've got Jaron behind me, I'm going to go press out to the line uh, shooting a three and make you get by me. And if you get by me, hey, that seven-footer there that's got about an eight-foot wingspan that loves to block shots, good luck. Because even though he got five last night, he altered at least seven or eight others that if these guys don't contort, twist, and try to make a really tough shot, he gets eight or nine blocks last night. Guys have the athleticism to avoid blocks, but it doesn't mean it's a good shot. You've now made it a bad shot, whereas without him, they were still getting the good shot. I know, obviously, the, the minutes are still you know, somewhat restricted, but have you been impressed by his ability to not foul as much this year? Yeah, he's done a great job eliminating the ticky-tack, reach-in, the, the, yeah, the frustration. Out. It felt like so many he would right. just had like frustrate. You know, like he made a, right. he, maybe he was upset because he thought he got hit on the opposite end and whatnot. But then he just kind of like slapped the ball. Feels like he's gotten rid of that. Yeah, and that's the thing. You saw the frustration last night where he got the tech because the the foul he got, although I didn't think it warranted the movement from Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the big man for yeah. Oklahoma City. It was a nudge. He embellishes it. I see why the officials called it. That's what you do. That's part of the game. But as a player, you get frustrated. And he's frustrated because he's done such a good job not picking those up. And when he picks one up, he slams the ball down. And as he slammed it, I'm like, he's got to get teeth for that in my head. Because it didn't happen immediately. And I'm like, they're going to see this ball bounce again, and then they're going to tee him. And they did. And, and he earned it. And he, he was frustrated. And then he wanted to go harder which I love. I like when guys are frustrated because they feel like they made a good play, not kind of jobbed on the call, so to speak, even though you understand why. And they want the referee to know you missed that one, and that's the passion. I don't mind guys getting teed up 
in situations where it's really not an impact, where a, where a technical foul is bad is when you're up or down by two or three and you get a call and you let that emotion boil over and it, it can really hurt your team. Uh, case in point, uh, the night Dylan got tossed and Ja got yeah. tossed, and you're going like in Minnesota and you're like, yo, dude, you guys weren't out of this game. Like giving them an extra four points was not a great idea. That's, that's not going to help. And so it happens. It's an emotional game. And I'll stand by those guys with whatever they do because they play with a fire and a passion that I watch other teams and I go, boy, if this team had the same camaraderie, chemistry, and fire that the Grizzlies have, they'd be really, really dangerous. And they're not. Because take, for example, a team like Minnesota. Nothing against the Timberwolves. They have talent. But they don't look like they love playing basketball together. That's just my outsider's opinion. Or even I like it. To be a fact. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact. I haven't spoken to anybody that plays for them. I've spoken to people there, and they get the same impression. These dudes don't seemingly like each other. I, I can't tell you how fun it is for me to watch a post-game interview, and guys are clamoring in, like Tyus's interview after the Miami game. Everybody gets in there. And I'm happy to wait for whoever they're bringing out of that scrum to the radio side or to see Kari, Jaw's daughter, doing the gritty with Jaw. And then seeing Zaire Williams looking at her and making her smile and Jaron Jackson. I mean, it's, it's so cliche and it sounds corny, but I stand by it. We're a family. This is a family. We have our moments of family where we don't always get along. We have our moments like you do at, at holiday meals where you want to throw a roll across the table at your, at your family and say, shut up, you're being dumb. But we also have a lot more moments where guys respect one another. Walking on that plane is a special feeling. Walking around the practice facility, around the team hotel, is a special feeling that I've told a lot of people with us that, you know, that haven't been with us as long. I say, look, man, this is different. This is different than anything you've ever experienced that they come from another team. This is not the there's a line drawn in the sand, you're on that side, we're on that side, we've all got to get along together and let's make it work. This is a we are one group. You sit on that plane, you have a spot on that charter, you have a spot in that hotel, you are part of the team. They have made us feel that way. We don't go sit in on team meetings. We don't cross that line and try to think we're coaches. But, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. How many head coaches in the league do you know that knowing that something kind of traumatic happened to me, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I got my car stolen. It was a bad day. I had to run around when I finally got my car back, and I didn't have time to go home and get into my normal game attire yeah. where I wear a suit. I didn't have time to go home and clean up. I text Taylor Jenkins and said, hey, I know this is a bizarre request. Would you terribly mind too much if I used the coach's locker room and showered up and cleaned up before the game? And he goes, you don't even have to ask. Just knock on the door. Go ahead. Who does that? I mean, Name the other coaches that do that. I, I hear stories occasionally. I've experienced it firsthand. I can't tell you what that does for us. And I will sit here and be critical of them when they deserve to be criticized. But no one will ever tell me this is not a good group of people and a great chemistry that's been built from the ground up with a culture, with an idea in mind that has completely come to fruition. Does it guarantee a championship? No. And in the end, that's what everybody will hope happens. But if you take me away from this 15 years down the road and I'm retired and doing my thing post-basketball life, I will never forget these years in this group because of the way it's been and the way it's developed. Well, I mean, the reality is, like, okay, yeah, they're not sitting here undefeated. Right. But you got to work pretty hard to come up with some coaching criticism right now. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't I don't you, see a lot, do you? you? You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta really nitpick. What did what did we say about him three years ago in terms of Taylor Jenkins? Really good system, really good coach, maybe needs to get a little tougher on his players, sometimes kind of doesn't seem to hold them accountable, right? That was kind of the big criticism. Yeah, and, and, and maybe like some in-game in, in seasoning, you know what I mean? Just yeah, that, But right. that's something that only comes with reps, you know what I mean? Right. Now what are we seeing? He'll pull the trigger. If a guy's not producing, he will take them out, take them to task. He took his team to task last night. They were winning. He called a timeout because one, I think it was Jeremiah Robinson Earl, same guy that, that took the push, beat the Grizzlies down because they were too busy worrying about something that really wasn't impactful in the game. Taylor calls a timeout up like six. They have the ball. They can go back the other way. And he took his team to task. Now, those guys know when he does that, that it's not just him taking them to task because that's the type of coach he is. We and I have both been around coaches that all they do is yell. And what happens after about 45 games of it? You're frustrated. In one ear, out the other. No one's paying attention. It It falls on deaf ears. That's just coach being coach. And then, where the development comes is in practice. Their development, and I can tell you this from being in some of these practices, I've listened and I've gone like, oh, my gosh, what a novel idea. We know this system. We know these plays. You guys have been here before. This is what we're going to get to. From here, you guys use the skills that got you here to determine what you want to do and what you think will work. If it doesn't, try something else. That was literally a line out of the head coach's mouth when they were working towards getting ready for the season. I listened to that. I looked at Brevin with my eyebrows raised and went, whoa, that's awesome because that gives these guys the ability to be themselves. I mean, who knew of John Conchar before he got to Memphis and now even casual fans? That dude last night hit two left-hand layups when the game's going back and forth that were incredibly difficult shots. That's not what he does. He is a corner 3 and D guy, hustle guy, great rebounder, not an attacker of the rim. He attacked the rim and got you two big baskets. Obviously, the story was Ja, then the story was Dylan, then you're getting a great game from Brandon Clark. Jaron ramps it up in the second half. But Conchar's buckets mattered. Santi Aldama catching the ball above his head, firing away, and getting into double figures off the bat. Those mattered. David Roddy's confidence, that matters. And that comes from the top down. And you know, I always kid with some of the assistants when they win. I'm like, hey, coach's league. It's a coach's league because we all know it's a player's league. Yeah. But to be able to laugh about stuff like that, that just shows you the confidence they're instilling in these guys that they're coaching with and the mentality of, hey, yeah, we want to go out and go 82-0. and That's not reality. You're going to have some bad nights. And in talking to them after the bad nights, he'll just kind of give the woof, that was a rough look, and then you're on to the next one. You look at the film, you will go through where you made mistakes, you tighten it up, you don't dwell on it too long. And that's that's a remarkable skill to have as a coach, and um, it's one that the players, I think, truly respect. Did last night feel like maybe a uh, building block for Brandon Clark? Because I, I did – I'd mentioned earlier this week, he's the only guy, if you break it down, like on individual play this year, he's the only guy that's not playing, you know, either career level – or, you know, he's he's basically – his numbers are more similar to his second year right now than it was to his first or third year. But yeah. I was also willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. There's been a lot of rotation problems. You know, he's not been playing, like, in with same comfortable lineups. Right. Last night felt like the first time I've seen in a while. It looked comfortable again. 
Yeah, I, I think with Brandon, and I, I love the kid. He, and I don't call him a kid, he's a grown man. I, I love the guy, and I, I think he truly, genuinely cares. I think he has had some moments this year where you've seen he, he's made mistakes. Jaws yeah. hit him in the chest with passes, and Jaws like, yo, dude, it's year four. Like, you've got to be ready for this. And that's what a leader does. And Brandon doesn't get angry, doesn't get mad, still talks about that stuff. I gave him grief because we had him on in the post-game show in Detroit, and it's like the one time we sit courtside and he turned his back. I said, really? Yeah. You're going to turn your back on me the one time we're courtside where you can see me from 10 feet away. But you'll turn around and shake the TV guy's hands. I see how we are. I thought we were better than that. He started laughing. But he's he's rounding into what he can do. He I don't know what happened. He just got in one of those things that athletes do sometimes where he wasn't doing the things we know he can do on a regular basis. He was making some mistakes. He'll tell you the same thing. But the way he played last night and the the way he's been aggressive is tremendous. You know, where Ja gets the triple-double, yeah, they, they tried to attack. They missed a shot. Brandon's, you know, trying to hustle back. But then he sees Ja make an incredible play and realizes, I got a chance to beat my guy to the rim. So he goes back and gets to the rim. Some guys are going, oh, he was cherry-picking. He wasn't cherry-picking. He watched his teammate trying to veer to the left up the sideline and get the trailer and get in front of him. And then when he saw Ja get the steal – the trailer didn't see the steal, and Brandon just beat him to the bucket. So, I mean, these guys have those moments. I think he's coming in to where he needs to be. I, I'm not, again, trying to just plan a championship parade down Beale Street in June just yet, but I am really, really anxious to see where these guys are when they get everybody back. We saw the same struggles for Zaire last night that we've seen for everybody else coming off injury in terms of getting the rhythm with your shot. But once they get that down, which we've seen everybody kind of second, third, fourth game get that, Dez, as they announced yesterday, three to four weeks, they expect him to be potentially ready to go. Man, you get me to Christmas Day, and if Desmond Bain comes back in, I'm not worried about him getting back into a rhythm. Look out. And now the schedule gets tougher, so look out for them too. But I think this team, when you watch what they're doing and what they're capable of, it's hard-pressed to tell me that they're not one of the best in the Western Conference. No, but, I mean, doesn't it really feel like – you know, health's going to dictate that because I, I've made the point yep. at the beginning of the show, and I'd said it this week. I don't think it's any coincidence that the two teams that were in the NBA Finals were the two teams that were, you know, pretty much the most healthy. You know, obviously Williams got banged up a little bit for Boston, but for the most part, Boston had their lineup intact, and for the most part, the Warriors had their lineup intact. Like I think it stands yeah. to reason those those two teams made the finals. Yep, I think. I think you're 100% correct. And I look at last night, and you look at Boston yeah. absolutely dismantle Phoenix in a nationally televised game. Don't tell me that's a schedule loss because no. Dallas just drummed them too. Now, teams have bad nights. It happens. In a seven-game series, do I still think Phoenix is incredibly dangerous and one of the favorites? 100%. But do I think the Grizzlies are incredibly dangerous and, 100, and uh, one of the favorites? 100%. Eric, we really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Jeffrey. That is Eric Hasseltine, the Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play host. Again, the Grizzlies return to action tomorrow night, pregame with Jessica Benson at 6.30, tip-off with Eric at 7 o'clock against the Pistons. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 